two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I am joined by Mr. Ray Shimalecki. Um, how you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. As you saw, I was, I was super focused on uh, getting your name right there. But um, thank you for making time for this interview and being open to share your story. Definitely appreciate it, man. Yeah, anytime. Cool, cool. For the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm-up questions just to set the tone. Um, after that, we'll jump into the main portion where either you choose a number between 1 and 34 or we, we got this new thing going on where we bring out the wheel and we could let we could spin the wheel and let it uh, let, let it decide. We call it the wheel of fate. So, uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> either choose your destiny or we could go to the wheel of fate. Um, and then after all that, we'll jump into the final stretch where we have some concluding questions. Sound good to you, Ray? Sounds good. All right, man. Well, my very first question for you is how have you been? Um, you know, just in life in general, you've been doing well, you've been doing great. How you been, man? Doing all right. Uh, celebrated a 33rd birthday yesterday, so I feel a little old. Um, so I guess that's, that's probably where I'm at right now. That's what's up, man. Happy belated. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you get to celebrate it all or was it like, you know, more uh, low key? It was pretty low key. I mean, during the week when you have a birthday drop, there's not a whole lot that you can uh you know do you don't want to get too crazy we got work in the in the morning so uh we'll we'll go out and and celebrate you know eat some dinner or something uh this weekend you know i got something i'll put yeah 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 um well you know if if you had it your way how would you want to spend your birthday or at least celebrate it it doesn't have to necessarily be this one for Um, any birthday (laughs) i just put me in a put me in a tropical climate like somewhere you know kind of near the equator you get that nice kind of humid humid nighttime and just the drink in the hand and you know somewhere close by to a beach doesn't have to be on a beach but you can kind of hear the ocean in the background that'd be good i got you man i got you uh for sure that sounds beautiful and uh i hope i hope you get to do that soon <laughs> all right well let's jump into some warm-up questions my first warm-up question for you is what would you like the audience to know about you uh i guess what would i like the audience to know about me uh i'm a foodie i'm a fellow podcaster enjoy the medium uh hobby uh for me that i recently kind of discovered as part of an extension of really getting into food and wine and and yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's me kind of in a nutshell. I'm also a minimalist, uh, too, as well. And a little misconception about that is it's not necessarily about having nothing. It's just everything that's in your life brings you value. Um, and usually also joy associated with that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell, pretty simple, um, you know, on the surface, you know, probably when you get deeper, it gets a little bit more complicated, but you know, that's all of us. I got you. I got you. You said you were a foodie. Any foods that you're allergic to that, you know, you unfortunately can't try? <laughs> Not that I know of uh, allergic wise, but I have, you know, even growing up on the East Coast, I'm just not a fan of shrimp. Um, I've had it prepared a bunch of different ways. I've had, you know, what's considered to be great shrimp and average <laughs> and all this. It's just it doesn't I, I, it doesn't work for me. I just I don't enjoy it. It's like a texture thing, I think. 
Nah, I feel you. I mean, it's not it's not for everybody. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I come across a lot of people who who don't like seafood, like uh, you know, I, and I'm not a big fan of oysters and stuff. Even though every time I go to a party, it seems like the oysters are, you know, you gotta try it, you gotta try it, but it's never really stuck with me. Um, but yeah. yeah, oysters I'm cool with oysters, you know, mussels, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can get totally why people you know, for some of that seafood stuff or, or not, if you don't have it and you're not exposed to it, like when you're growing up, like, I think it's a lot harder to get into. But then if also you have like a bad experience, like if your first oyster that you tried was like terrible and you got like, you know, shell in there and everything, you're gonna be like, what, what is this? And why do people enjoy it? Like, this makes no sense to me. And you're just <laughs> not going to like be interested in going back, you know, when you see it on the menu. So completely understand. Yeah, that definitely um, depends on the experience. I think that goes with, with almost everything in life, right? Uh, if you have a bad experience, you're probably not going to do it again. Yeah. And then talked about podcasting being an interest. For you, what, what is it about podcasts that stick out from any other any any other medium? You know, I, I think for me, you know, at first it was just a way to, you know, do an extension of, you know, writing and stuff like that, put it in audio format and everything. But I, as I've done more and more of it and kind of gone on other people's podcasts and stuff like that here and there, it's just a cool community. Like everybody's, you know, even on like the Reddit boards and stuff, most people are pretty open with sharing ideas and, and everything. And everybody's kind of super helpful. You usually don't get you know, to criticize for anything, even if you're asking for like, you know, help or something, even if it's a question that's been put out there numerous times, you know, over. So that's always kind of been something that's definitely grown on me as I've, you know, done it more and more is just that everybody's, it's just a cool community. Everybody's just super helpful. Yeah, that's definitely something I've been discovering. Um, you know, uh, this is fairly new to me. i just done, done it a few months and honestly haven't been too active into the, in the community uh until recently and that's how we met uh, on the on reddit and whatnot but uh yeah yeah it, I, I feel like it's cool because i think for the most part the people i've met we're all talkers we're all listeners um so it, it, it's it's nice to to be able to have quality conversations with people who are looking for the same thing um i don't know in if in your experience you've met a lot of conversationalists amongst people who who aren't comfortable talking um but yeah it it's a different kind of connection i think when when you have people who who are just on the same vibe and you know have their reasons why they do their podcasts for for you uh, what's your podcast called and uh, so what's it all about yeah yeah it's called spoon mob uh it's pretty much all about food i mean mainly uh we're focusing right now on chef interviews and people that are in the hospitality industry whether it's you know sommeliers or bartenders you know general managers of restaurants restaurant owners stuff like that so uh we've had a, a decent amount on i think we're probably somewhere in the 16 to 18 range uh, kind of come out every week or every other week uh, was kind of always the goal but we've been able to do it kind of every week recently and and then we also do one where uh, we've started rewatching anthony bourdain episodes uh the parts unknown series just because it was kind of the couple months into covid and we didn't have anything to really like watch like you know nobody was filming anything so it was kind of like well what if we just go back and watch that like that's something that we always enjoyed and started doing that and and we've been having a lot of fun doing that so um you know that's kind of where we're at with the the podcast and we do a website that's got some chef bios and course pictures and everything and of course the instagram where you have all your 
all your photos too as well so it's kind of all these things mixed into one but it's it's been a lot of fun doing it um hopefully it continues to grow and grow and and more people check it out and get involved and everything and but it's definitely if you don't love doing it you know if your whole goal like is to you know monetize it and all this stuff like some people are and i understand that but i think if you're not enjoying doing it then it's probably not like almost the right space for you just because it could take a very long time to get to that point you might never get to that point anyways but if you love doing it then you know the journey's worth it i hear you uh how, how long have you been doing this been doing it for a while or is this fairly new for you uh podcasting part we're doing a little bit over a year uh did that started that in like june early june 2020 the interview portion really since the beginning of this year and then kind of the writing and everything goes back to like 2019 you know building out a website and all that stuff so yeah a couple years but keeps evolving keep tinkering and stuff keep changing and it's a lot of fun that's what's up man uh, and my last follow-up for for, the, for this first question is, uh, where, where do you see where, where, what's your vision for for the podcast? Where do you see yourself? Um, where do you see yourself taking it? Um, I, I guess my vision would be to just kind of make it like almost a you know it's probably not the right term, but like a safe space for chefs and restaurant people to to kind of come on a podcast and you know yeah they have an opportunity to kind of promote you know what they're doing and everything but it really gives you a backstory as to how they got to where they are in their career and i think that kind of helps connect people you know them with the people that would go to their restaurant you know and i think that would help also the restaurant get repeat business because once you have that established connection people kind of feel like it's it's this kind of family environment that they're kind of almost a part of it in a way and so I think that helps restaurants and, and chefs and continue, you know, their businesses to, to keep operating with margins and profit margins being so kind of narrow and everything in that industry. Every little bit helps and there's no kind of magic bullet for them for marketing. And you could do all the social media and stuff too, but there's a whole bunch of people, even if they follow your Instagram account, have no idea like who you are, like who the chef is at the restaurant or anything like that. So that's kind of my vision is just, you know, having people on and they're able to kind of talk about what they're doing and everything, but also give kind of the listeners and the potential, you know, diners, um, you know, information on who they are and what makes them, you know, so great at what they do. And then also that's kind of why you should go to the, to the restaurant too, as well. I, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. I'm all about people's stories. Um, you know, I'm that kind of person where you, if you in a in if you're riding the same bus with me, I'm looking around thinking about oh, where's that person coming from, or you know what's their story. So similar with chefs and people who who are in the food industry. If I'm in their building, I'm probably wondering like what what got them, what inspired them, um, what they're passionate about. So yeah, definitely respect what you're doing, man. Cool. All, right. All right. My second question for you in the warm up is if someone were to pay you a tribute, how would you like to be honored? So if I was going to tell myself today, I'm going to do something in the honor of Ray, what sort of act could I do? Hmm. Um, just go eat at a restaurant, man. <laughs> like, like go eat a restaurant. Tell them, you know, you heard about the restaurant, you know, from us over at Spoon Mob and, and that's it. You know, support your local businesses, you know, support a local restaurant that's you know, owned by a mom and pop or, you know, that's owned by a, a chef and it's, you know, him and his staff of six and they're trying to figure out how to make it work and, and all that stuff, you know, chain restaurants, you know, they serve their own purpose. They employ a lot of people, but 
definitely go and support the local people, you know, the, the self proprietors and all that stuff. Cause, cause they need it. They missed out on all, you know, the, the loans and government backed assistance and all that stuff. And they kind of got hung out to dry. So every little bit helps them. I mean, it's when you really get into profit margins and stuff like that, it's, it's just insane how just narrow it is between staying open another month or closing on the spot. Like it's, it's crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always heard that about the food industry, how hard it is to just sustain yourself. Um, and I think, you know, a lot, a lot of the folks that do it are, are just doing it out of the passion of either they're passionate about the food, they're passionate about their community and just being able to serve. Cause like, it's you, like you want to, unless you're going to start a chain, you're not in it for the money. Really? <laughs> I can't imagine it. No. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, um, for sure um, now we know now we know what to do we'll support our local businesses uh, in, in, in your honor man and I'm gonna ask oh, I had a fleeting question it was, it was in there but I was, I was trying to reach for it it went away it's all good it'll come back to me but um, my last question for you in the warm up man is uh, on a scale from 1 to 10 how well do you know yourself I'd say 10 uh, pretty in tune with who I am, what I stand for, kind of where I'm at, where I want to go, where I've been, what I've screwed up, what I've done good. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I know myself really, really well at this point, you know, 33 years, you're, you're going <laughs> to screw up. You're going to, you know, do some great stuff. You're going to look back at stuff that there's, you know, you wish you did different and, but yeah, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Made peace with all of it. I'm just looking forward. I gotta ask you, man. What's what's the uh, what's the secret? <laughs> how, how did you get to attend? <laughs> a lot, a lot of self analyzing. Just I, I I I have a brain that I feel like I can't turn off. Um, so there's just the wheels always kind of spinning, and um, you know you just have to. I just have this weird way of kind of sometimes removing emotion out of the situation and just breaking it down, like analytically on you know this needs to happen before this can happen and stuff and and once you kind of figure out you know how all that kind of works and how you fit in with you know all that it it definitely helps and you're able to kind of focus on what you want to do and and you just kind of block everything else out in a weird way but i mean it's it's a lot of just constant analyzing and it's i'm sure it sounds exhausting to people and it was exhausting for me but um you know not done either you know there's always stuff you can improve on as a as a person um yeah. so yeah we'll get yeah. there one day no, i'm with you man i mean I, I feel like i'm i can be an overthinker most of the time um there i'm working on trying to live in the moment a little bit a little bit more but uh, I, I tend to overanalyze things and i mean normally it's for improvement right like we're always trying to yeah. think of how make something more efficient or more grander for me i try to th think of how things can be more creative uh, but yeah, I, I feel you on that. And um, my follow-up for you is, what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality? Um, favorite thing about my personality, probably I would I would say uh, I have like kind of a dark sense of humor. Um, so there's just really like maybe it's not dark, but more so like dry. So there's just stuff that you know you might not laugh out loud at but it might make you like chuckle a little bit like that's the stuff that like i really enjoy and just it a lot of people just kind of don't get it 
or they're just they you know it's too in the weeds for them sometimes so it's kind of like your own little inside joke with people once it once they understand like who you are and and then kind of the joke within the joke stuff when you have people that get that kind of in your circle it's fun <laughs> it's just it's really it just makes for like great times I, I, I gotta ask for an example what's a either show or movie that you find hilarious that that might fall in, into that genre i mean it'd be you know stuff like uh like the office like everybody agrees that the office is really funny but there's little parts in there that just make it like it's the little like facial expressions or the little kind of things in the background that when you see it it just kind of makes you go huh and that's like and that's the stuff that you can kind of always go back to because it it always seems like new to you in a way because so many other people just kind of like don't get it or don't see it just because it doesn't fit with their sense of humor um so it's stuff like that you know just kind of the the satire kind of you know coen brother movies are, are really good at that too as well they always have like these odd little things in there that just kind of make you laugh if you've ever seen um like fargo is one of their movies that they did that's probably like the most famous one but but even like uh no country for old men if you've ever seen that movie Oh, I haven't seen either of those movies, but, okay. but thank you for the recommendation. Now, <laughs> now I got to. Uh, I've, I've been trying to get into into like watching. I used to think I watched a lot of movies until I realized that there's a lot of movies out there that I haven't seen. Uh, so I'm always up for recommendations. Uh, you know, I just watched. I don't know. <laughs> this is just a, a like a weird side sidebar, but uh, I just watched Planet of the Apes, like the old one. I don't know if you ever seen that one. Uh, which one? Because there's three. So there's the one with Charlton Heston, which was in like the 50s or 60s mark Wahlberg did one and then they just did like the new ones with like james franco and they switched the actor like for all three of them woody harrelson i think was in one of them yeah yeah um i'm familiar with the newer ones the Wahlberg and um and the james franco but i just saw the Char- charleston heston one uh oh, okay which you know that was a, a trip for me because i, I I had an idea, but I didn't know the movie was going to be that way where like they did. It was a mystery about being back on Earth until the very end. For some reason, I thought that was already a known thing. But um, yeah, anyways, yeah, it's one of those classics I hadn't seen and finally checked out. So Fargo and No Country for Old Men, those are two. Yeah, those are two like really good Coen Brother movies that I, I think a majority of people really like, even if you know you're not into that style people definitely found something to appreciate out of those so um fargo is kind of this weird kind of comedy kind of robbery there's a robbery component to it but no country for old men is kind of like um kind of almost like a chase film like there's a you know a bad guy chasing a good guy but then there's like a suitcase of money involved but it's not it doesn't go the way you kind of think it would go um they leave parts out and stuff like it's it's just done really well so I think you'll I think you'll like that one. For sure, man. I'll check it out. And uh, is Fargo the movie related to Fargo the TV series? Because I think there's there's one, right? Yeah, they. So the the two guys who directed the movie are producers on the TV series, and they tie it in with. Uh, there's actually a briefcase in that movie too, as well, and that's how they kind of loop in the show. So if you if you watch the movie and then you watch like the first season then you'll completely understand how they like tied it in together but you have to kind of see both but there's a spot where they link them okay 
Okay. Yeah, I, I was just curious because I did see those two things, and you know, sometimes the series isn't as good as the as as the movie, or vice versa. So, but I'll check out both. I'll check out both. I think the first two seasons of the show are really good, and then three and four it kind of drops off a little bit, but it's still a good show. Um, but definitely the first two seasons are are really where it's at. For sure. Uh, it sounds like you you into entertainment uh, like I am. Uh, you like TV shows or movies more? Um, I think I think now movies probably just because I feel like movies you get a start, a middle, and like a, an end. Even though there's like a lot of sequels and stuff, but I feel like a really well done movie is a lot more satisfying than a real well done TV show because there's so many TV shows like now that they'll put them out as like this is going to be a mini series and it's to see like how many viewers they get and if they get enough viewers to hit whatever mark that they have then they're like oh yeah we'll do another season of that but if it doesn't do well they're like well it was just a mini series so it's fine like they're trying to you know not cancel as many shows as they used to because there used to always be just all the networks would be just axing shows that didn't do great kind of at the end of may for you know whatever they had to clear space for for the fall premieres and stuff so there are really good tv shows out there um you know succession i think right now is probably like the best show on tv it's kind of like that appointment viewing like you it's one of the few shows that you would even like shut your computer off like you're not second screening it like you're you're in you know like sopranos or like breaking bad was and stuff like that so I would say that's probably still the the best show on TV and that comes back in the fall. So there's two seasons out so you can catch up on that too. Succession. Uh, yeah. That's uh, where can I find that? Hulu, Netflix? HBO. It's on HBO. The The only person you're probably going to know is Brian Cox, uh, who's a pretty famous actor. He plays kind of like the patriarch of the family. It's loosely based on like the Fox News family, the Murdochs. Cause he, he has two kids. So it's kind of like, who's going to take over this business, but he's not ready to give it up yet. And then there's a whole stuff, a whole bunch of stuff intertwined. It does take like maybe the first three episodes to kind of get into. Um, so like just power through those and then, then you'll be locked in. That's, that's usually my mark is the three episodes for sure. Uh, but yeah. All right, cool. I'll, I'll check that one out. Uh, and since we're talking about shows, man, I'll, I'll tell you about the one that I recently just binge watched in the past couple of days was a Ted Lasso. You seen that one yet? No, I've, a lot of people talk about it. It's on Apple and I know they renewed it for a second season. So yeah, I used to have this weird thing where I wouldn't watch anything in the first season just because so much stuff would like get canceled and it just got left on a cliffhanger. So I was like, well, let's wait till they get like two or three seasons and you can kind of binge and catch up. So I've heard a lot of good things about it. I haven't seen it yet, but it's it's on the list to check out. Yeah, you can definitely check it out when you got time. I I would also put two thumbs up for it. Um, if, if, if you like if you like good vibes as far as like a, being a person, this character takes that to the extreme. And yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, but let's uh, jump into the main portion, man, where you where you. Would you like to choose your destiny or head to the wheel of fate? <laughs> uh, let's go with choose your destiny. That's the, that's the old school method. So let's do that. All right, man. Well, uh, you probably know I do have three levels in easy, medium, hard. And uh, each one has 34 questions. So if you chose seven, you could go seven, all three levels or, you know, just jump around. Where would you like to start? Um, let's go with number, I don't know, 
13. Number 13, uh, easy? Medium. Let's go medium. All right. 13, medium. What was uh, your fear when you were a kid? Uh, so probably two fears. One I still have, which is heights. I don't like heights. Um, like roller coasters, like up to kind of a certain height, I'm okay with. Perfectly okay flying, but even when you get like uh, on kind of tall buildings, like I like to do observation decks, like when I travel, just because it gives you a different vantage point to take photos. And I'm into photography and everything. And there's even some of those where like you just, you get like a little like, I, I don't know, you don't, your legs aren't shaking, but you're just a little like uneasy, you know? I, there's still some of those that get me every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was heights. And then as a kid, I remember, uh, you know, like most kids, I was scared of the dark. So I remember like when I was little, like I had a nightlight, um, in my room and that always had to like be on but now as an adult i don't know when it switched but at some point it's i need it to be like pitch black i i can't have now like any like ambient light floating around because it just like keeps me up like it, it's really strange i don't know when that that shifted um but at some point it did so now i'm like the complete opposite but still do not like heights at all and probably never will that's the trip. The, the thing about the dark kind of trips me out because, uh, yeah, I mean, similar, I guess, but I, I never grew out of it. <laughs> I still need some light. Um, and, you know, for me, the reason why I'm so afraid of the dark is I do believe that, like, our imagination can run away. And, like, when it's pitch black or you're just in dark spots, you your mind might trick you to see things that aren't really there. Um, yeah, that happens still. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know. And um, so, yeah, my, one of my biggest fears now to this day is being in the dark and in, being in front of a mirror in the dark is extra scary um, for some reason. But yeah, those, that's what I <laughs> try to stay away from. The heights thing. Yeah, I feel you on that. When I was a kid, I used to be a little bit uh, chubbier. So I used to think going on the edge of any any height, like I would like the wind would push me and I would just lose my balance and fall. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I think the feeling you're talking about is, uh, at least for me, like I'm, I start losing my breath or like I start breathing different um, when I get get to a certain height, or at least when I get to the edge of a certain height. Um, but I will challenge myself now, and like if I'm at a canyon or whatever, I'll, I'll try to sit on the edge and you know just make sure I'm holding on to something. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> No, like even those, uh, you see those people, I know a lot of them are like, uh, in Russia and they film like climbing up to these, you know, top of these skyscrapers and like they have no <laughs> safety harness and stuff. And they're like hanging off to take like a selfie with a selfie stick. Like that stuff me like that gets like my hands will get sweaty, like watching that stuff. I can't, I can't do it. I'm just yeah. like, these people are insane. <laughs> and then like every once in a while you hear like so-and-so, you know, fell off one and that was it. And you're like. You know, it's gonna happen at some yeah. point I I, yeah. I I didn't hear the bad news I only saw the the highlights of everybody that got <laughs> got up there and I I thought the same thing man these kids are crazy you know <laughs> all for just you know like a photo just like man it's not worth it get a drone fly it up there <laughs> but what would you say is like the equivalence of getting viral when we were I mean we're around the same age so when we were growing up what was the equ equivalent of being viral <laughs> being viral man that's a good question um I would almost say like 
it would have to be yeah before social media it would have to be like getting on tv right like that would have been the thing that's true not not even necessarily like reality tv like just like like even a game show because yeah. then like it would have been everybody in you know your town or whatever was like oh so-and-so's on this show you know and everybody and then all of a sudden i remember there was a girl that i worked with like it was like my first job that i had and she wound up um i forget her last name her first name was tess but she wound up doing like a crest toothpaste commercial and like i grew up in a small town and like that was like people were like whoa and that was before you know really the internet kind of caught on that was probably like late 90s or something that she did like a crest toothpaste commercial but it was like a big deal yeah she became a local celebrity yeah uh, pretty much yeah <laughs> For sure. Um, if you don't mind me asking, you don't got to tell me exactly where you're from, but how how small of a town did you live in? Because I always lived in the city, so I'm just curious how, how small of a town you lived in. So I grew up on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So that's that part that looks kind of like a, an arm curled up, sticking out of the state there, but all the way at the very end. So at the very end is a town called Provincetown. Uh, and then the next town over is called Truro, and that's where I grew up. Uh, that's where we lived from when I was probably four until like, what, I would have been 16, 15, 16 when we moved to Ohio. So yeah, that's pretty much, and it was a small town, but like my high school in Provincetown, we had two high schools really on the lower part of the Cape, one in Provincetown, one in uh, Orleans, which was called Nosset. Nosset was the bigger one that had, you know, maybe like 100, 200 kids, like in a class, something like that. You know, just kind of small high school stuff, usually wherever you're, most people are from. My high school that I went to in Provincetown, we had a big class and we had 27 kids in it. Gotcha. So, gotcha. And that was like the biggest class in the school at the time. And that school has since uh, shut down just because there's not enough families at that part end of the Cape. So now everybody goes to the other one. Um, but like even the middle school was small. So it was just like everybody kind of knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody's parents, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I assume that you you now had experience living in a bigger community outside of that, that town. Um, would you, what would you say was like the, the difference in, in your experience of living in a smaller, smaller town to, to a bigger city? uh small town life is there's a lot of people that like it and we moved to ohio we moved to you know a smaller town um probably like 30 45 minutes uh west of cleveland it's in the rain county it's called wellington nobody really knows what it, you know where it is um overland is probably the most famous kind of town nearby just because of the college that they have they have a really big like liberal arts college which i think is the most expensive or was at one point the most expensive college in America for like tuition. It was like 60 some thousand. Um, but so live there and it was still kind of a small town vibe. And then, you know, eventually moved to Columbus, Ohio, where I live now. So I'm in a city and just with the small town life, you just, you don't get exposed to as much stuff as you do in a city. And, and that's everything across the board, whether it's, race, gender, events, uh, group settings, um, you know, crowds, like all that stuff. Not, and you know, when I grew up, you know, we would go see sporting events in Boston and stuff like that. It was only like a two, two hour drive away. But, um, so, you know, it wasn't like I grew up not experiencing any of that stuff, but 
it's just a different vibe in a city and it's you know people always wonder why are you know cities blue and and suburbs are red and stuff like that it's like well you're exposed to so much more when you're in a city that everybody's kind of in the same boat you're just a little bit more empathetic where if you're out in the suburbs it's like somebody coming up you know your driveway is like who is this where like in a city you're just like oh yeah that's a person like whatever like it's just weird stuff like that is just the big difference and it's just this weird mentality of just not being exposed to stuff because you're out and isolated i got you i got you I, I was asking because it's been in the back of my mind i've never lived in a small town or anything um but i guess living in a big city my whole life i there's parts of the community that i feel like i'm a part of but i want to feel that like yeah this is my my town and you know i go to the same grocery store see all the same folk and you know feel like there's some community in that uh yeah so i was just wondering what your experience was like because uh, i think it's something i would i would honestly dig if i if i got a chance to to live it out yeah the best thing you can do now i think you know with everything coming out of COVID, is whatever city that you live in just try and be a tourist in your own city do the stuff that like you know you either did years ago once or had never even really thought of doing you know even if it's like just grabbing tickets to like some concert or something like that that you know some venue that you've never been to before you know who knows you know what will happen different sporting events or art museums all that stuff just try and be a tourist if you can because it, it definitely you get to see different parts of town that you're like i never knew this was there at all yeah i mean you just get to experience it and i think i I live in the bay area out here near san francisco and i definitely haven't done everything that tourists come out here to do uh something i need to need to step you know get on um but yeah man let's jump into another number go go ahead throw throw one um let's do three Three. uh hard three three hard hard. three hard um so three hard how would you define depression okay um so there's there's two ways i would define it and the two best examples i've ever seen somebody describe it one is neil brennan who's a comedian he i think it's a stand-up special called three mics on netflix and he describes it in there and the other one was a character in this show it's no longer on called you're the worst it was on like fx for a while and it is the main one of the main characters kind of described it but like depression feels like like you're wearing this weighted vest like what you know when you go to the dentist and they take x-rays and they put the big kind of kevlar kind of it feels like you you have like a suit of that just like and you're just stuck and you're just stuck there and you just feel kind of weighed down and like you know for me it's always been just kind of you get in this weird kind of funk where you just nothing really like matters like you just don't care about anything you don't really feel anything not and i'm not talking like if you stabbed yourself with a knife like you would feel that but like just you don't feel any highs or lows like you're just at this weird plateau middle of the road and nothing really like like just you just don't care like nothing really matters and just you just feel just kind of stuck and weighed down it's it's a really strange that's the best way i've i've kind of heard it described um you know luckily for me you know 
when I do get that way, usually I'm able to, you know, pull myself out of it. Um, but you know, therapy is obviously a great way for people, you know, to address all, you know, those mental health issues and stuff that they have. It, it hasn't, you know, I've tried it a couple of times. It hasn't worked for me, but, um, that doesn't mean like people shouldn't try it. Like I, I'm probably more of a person that needs to be in person. Um, you know, if you're like talking to somebody, uh, you know, this is a great alternative too as well, but I don't think this works, you know, video conferencing really works for, for therapy. I don't think, but it's also person dependent. I think you have to find somebody that is doing a little bit more than just listening and writing down and like their notebook, like you see in all the TV shows and stuff like that. You need somebody who's a little bit more engaged than just asking open-ended questions. Like, how does that make you feel? Like I could do that at home. So like. So I think that's probably the most accurate way that I've I've ever heard it described. I got you, man. Um, and, you know, you had mentioned therapy. Uh, you know, I've tried it out, too. Uh, I was exposed to it as a kid, um, you know, went went through went through it until I got into college. And then for a long time, never went back uh, as an adult. I tried again, you know, through the apps and whatnot. Uh, I can see what you mean by not having that same connection. Uh, and also, you know, someone told me it's kind of like, you know, finding your <laughs> your primary physician or um, your mechanic. You know, you got to find somebody that you really vibe with or connect uh, and, and you can kind of feel that genuine uh, connection. So I think that's harder, too, when you're trying to find somebody for your mental health or someone you're trusting to, to you know, to un try to understand who, who, you know, in every profession. We know some people who probably are comfortable where they are and don't feel like they have to try as hard so that the connection isn't there as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, for you, what would you say didn't work? Uh, in therapy because you know I think there's a lot of proponents about it being a positive thing but the reality is it's not for everybody so if you don't mind sharing what, what, what is it for you that you just didn't like or enjoy um it just seemed for me personally it just uh it was it just didn't seem like I clicked with you know the person at the other end um was kind of the main thing and it you know and that becomes kind of its own process of trying to find the right person, right? Because, you know, it, it, so many people, you're probably trying to go through whatever benefits package that you have through your job. So that kind of narrows your search down, which could be a good thing, but it's also could be a bad thing because maybe you're missing out on the person that would be really great for you because they're not in your network and it's too expensive to go outside your network based on your financial situation or whatever. So it's good and bad with that part. But for me, it's just, I didn't, I didn't click with that person. And it was just kind of, I've always been able to kind of pull myself out of it with, with doing kind of the, like I mentioned before, like thinking and analyzing and breaking down. And I just have to keep like working at it almost in my head. And, and eventually I kind of pop out of it. Um, but that's not the key. Like, that's not me recommending like everybody do that like that's just um a unique you know situation like i got you um got you know yeah yeah um uh, wanted to ask you about being an over analyzer or you know I, I, it's not a bad connotation for me but i just say overthinker um but would you say overthinking is more of a positive or negative uh, or a gift or a curse for for you uh, it's probably, I mean, it's both, right? Because sometimes it takes you out of the moment that you should be enjoying and you're looking towards either the next thing or how to improve this thing that you're already doing or, or whatever. But there are a lot of times where it also 
helps you make a really sound decision because you're able to take away emotion out of that decision so you're able to make the best decision whatever that is whether it's financial or um you know for your own personal well-being or whatever even if it's you know like something as simple as like what bar you're going to go to next to grab a drink right well you know what time you know things that you would analyze are like what time is it where are we at how long would it take us to get there what day of the week is it? Is it, you know, is it a Friday? Is it a Saturday or is it a Wednesday? Uh, is it a place that's normally crowded? Are they going to have a DJ so you can't hear anything? Uh, out of the group that you're with, is there something that people don't like to drink? So it's like, this is a place that's only going to have beer. So not everybody's going to have fun. So you got to find a different spot. Like, th- and that all sounds really exhausting right now. I'm sure to people that are listening, <laughs> but that's just like the process of like my brain and how it would go. But it's, it's, way quicker than that because i'm verbalizing it but it's just you run through all this like checklists almost in your head and then you kind of get this conclusion it's like oh yeah we should go to this place and everybody winds up having a great time now maybe everybody you would have found your way there anyways and still would have had a great time or maybe you would have wound up somewhere else and, and had a great so you don't really know how beneficial it is um mm-hmm. just sometimes it works out and and you also sometimes have to have bad experiences so you can appreciate the good ones too as well so uh, it's definitely a catch-22 i would say yeah man i feel you same same with me i think it is equal parts of gift and a curse um i think i i'm I'm still trying to figure out if uh like how i could how i could frame it so um you know I i think other people out there who are overthinkers can can embrace it as well uh but had the question is it like for you like is it are you like overthinking like are you is it more anxiety based like you're like worried about the different outcomes or or do you see it more as like you're breaking stuff down or because it can't like anxiety can be mixed in there too as well where it's like Oh, if we go to this place, like I already know how that's going to go and that's going to be this and it's going to lead to this. Like that's another aspect of it too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, that, that is something I never, I never thought about my overthinking to be anxiety based, but I think there is a, bu- a bunch of it that's, that plays a part into it now that you mentioned it. Um, but yeah, for me, I think overthinking in the sense where like if if I was sometimes if I'm asked for advice you know like oh this is a scenario and so from from that point I'm, I'm trying to really see like if they're going to tell me the other parties involved in that scenario I'm trying to figure out you know where each party's coming from or be at least being open to it and trying to figure out like even because I don't know I'm trying to make sense of it uh you know I'm trying to think okay possibly this happened to them to to make them feel this way and this is why it happened but you know the more I like it when there's more people involved because then I could could think about it more um but that in that sense um if you know I'm looking at I don't know a circle right uh to mo- i don't know most people they will find that boring but for me i'm thinking about all these things like what i could put in the circle or how the circle can be designed or you know all these things um and then when it sometimes when it comes to with words you know like even sometimes it'll be like a simple text or uh i don't text where it's like 
one line text one line text i'm the kind of person to text my my whole message in a paragraph you know i do and, that uh, too yeah yeah i can't stand one line text <laughs> like you just sent me seven messages like can we just put this all in one <laughs> what are we doing yeah yeah so that too um I don't know how I started getting into this habit of uh, trying to be as concise as I possibly can, which for most people they'll be like, oh, this guy's being off-putting or doesn't want to socialize. But in my mind, I'm just telling myself like, well, I'm just trying to <laughs> make my message as direct as possible. So, you know, there's no efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try, I try to, I would try to be efficient. Um, but I, I know that there's like an art to, to creating the this the line or the story or, or um you know there's the arts of language and for me for some reason at some point it was like well let me just cut through every, like the extra stuff and let me just say what i need to say uh but yeah so those are some of the things that i feel like i think about that not everyone does but then again you know we all kind of think we're different but we're not not really right uh, yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah that for, for me that's how overthinking like manifests itself um but yeah something i'm working on something that you know living in the moment like you know i think we we all have those moments where we just say fuck it um you know let's let's just do it uh which yeah i i can damn you're making me realize these things but um you know when i'm when i'm working on something or if i'm doing a task that i don't want to do i usually am less thinking about it and just be like, let me just do it let me get through it um but if i have the time to think then I think I would, I'll take all the time I need just to, just to make myself feel better. Um, but anxiety wise, I'm going to have to like put that in my thoughts the next time I overthink, just to see if I can, um, see if it's a negative or positive thing in, in that time. But yeah. <laughs> like half the battle too, is like just being aware of that stuff. Like now, like being aware of it alone just makes everything so much easier because now you're like okay i know i'm doing this and then you can start to work on like why am i doing this and if you can figure that out then like what needs to change so you don't do that or or do you embrace it or or whatever but being being aware of like just kind of you know for every person like whatever their flaws or mental health issues like that's such a drastic step like it's if you know people would probably say oh well that's you know 50 percent, but like it's it's so much more than that like that's most of the work is just accepting and figuring out like, oh, I do this or I do that or, you know, stuff like that. I feel you, man. And I think in life, everything is balanced. Like, you know, that's what it is. And being aware of it, I, I can see the positive, but I also envy the folks that are unaware of it. You know, they don't have to think about it. They just go about their lives doing what they do. Uh, so, but yeah. So for me, there's, there's that balance of like, I'm, I am happy I'm aware because I feel like I can I, that I want to change and I can change but then you know with that is also the pressure of change um, which you know that's something I feel like is probably my biggest issue is uh, you know always feeling like I'm running away from the pressure you know of, of anything that's that's something I've realized um, after all these years man um, I don't know if you know or you've heard, you know, previous podcasts, but, you know, I've had 15 jobs in 10 years. Uh, and I think it's because of the pressure that, that made me want to leave, like, every single time. It's like I was getting too close or getting more responsibility. And I was just telling myself, well, like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. I, this isn't what I'm passionate about. 
make me feel like I, I was like, or now I'm realizing that maybe I was just making excuses for myself to, you know, make a change. But yeah, so that's where I'm at and we're trying to work yeah. on that. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but you know, 15 jobs in 10 years is, is pretty much a normal resume these days. So like, it's not, you know, it's, yeah. that's not ridiculous. Like it's rarer to find somebody who's been in the one or two jobs over the course of 15 years than it is somebody you know who's done you know 15 and 10 or something like that so yeah i mean who knows you know it could be any of those things it could just be you know tendency to get bored because you're like this isn't challenging or you don't you know i don't care about this like this isn't and that's you know a big thing is like figuring out what you actually enjoy like what you're passionate about like you said is is a big step too because there's so many people that just you know they they go to the job that they're working and it's just an industry that they got a college degree in and and i did this too and it's just you know you're working in that job and you're like why like how the hell did i wind up here and like why am i here why why am i still here like i don't you know what am i going to be remembered as like you know the best salesman at this you know manufacturing company like nobody cares about that like it doesn't matter like but what i enjoy doing is i you know for me i enjoy traveling i enjoy you know eating at restaurants and and having conversations with people at you know restaurants and stuff like that that's what i enjoy so you know goes back to what i said in the beginning like yeah it'd be great if all of us who are you know podcast hobbyists you know could eventually make a career out of this because you know most of us love the medium for what it is but if you don't it's okay too just because you know you had this great journey that is also going to be it's going to live on the internet forever too as well like so you don't you know before it was like if you didn't make your mark on the world like eventually you just kind of fade away you know back in you know the 1900s or whatever if you didn't write a book or you weren't a famous actor or president or anything like that like the only people that remember you are your family and after you get so many generations it's just diluted and it's just you become like you know this person and kind of the family tree but now it's different like now you can you know with a podcast like this will live on you know until the world explodes essentially (laughs) (laughs) whenever that is yeah yeah uh that that's definitely um you know my hope is that this this video and all my other videos will live a lot longer than you know um than us and our generation i I like to think of it as like you know our hieroglyphics you know um we have these messages that we're trying to leave behind and that's that's the biggest thing with me man was something i think about all the time is uh you know how much of the past don't we really know (laughs) you know we can only know what we've, we've been left behind or you know what's been made available uh i think there's like so much mystery to that um that for for me i guess my my reaction to it is well let me interview everybody in the world so we have no doubt of, of you know what's been what's going to be missing around this time so yeah that's definitely where my head's at uh, yeah just a heads up man we've uh we have about 10 minutes left in the podcast wanted to thank you again for stopping by uh, you've asked me some good questions that made me reflect <laughs> reflect on my on my life, man. So I, I can see I can see why you're a podcaster as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, let's head over to to the final stretch of the podcast, man. Um, before we get into the concluding questions, my my thing that I've been doing with uh, guests is uh, called the thirty fourth mantra. Uh, I have okay. some phrases for you to fill in. Um, the first one is I am blank. 
How would you fill that one up? I am human. I am human. Second one is I can blank. Do anything I want to do. I can do anything I want to do. And the last one is I will blank. Be successful. I will be successful. All right, man. Um, if you ever need a reminder, now you have these sound bites of yourself uh, as a reminder in the future. Uh, let's jump into these concluding questions. And this next one is from my previous guest. Uh, shout out to Parker from the UK. Uh, his question for you is, what makes you proud about the country you live in? Yeah. Um you know, a lot, I think a lot of people would argue there's not a whole lot to be proud of with the, the U.S. <laughs> these days, but it's still, you know, despite all the flaws, and there's a lot of them, uh, it's still the place where people do want to come because it gives them a better chance than where they are. You know, a lot of countries, you know, even though our immigration is at net zero, there's still a lot of people that want to come and because they just know that even if I'm in the bottom, you know, third of American citizens in terms of, you know, income or, you know, wealth or whatever, that's still better than what I had in the country that I was at. And I think, I think we lose sight of that. I think we lose sight of, cause you're in it, you know, if you're born in it, born in America or, or always, you know, lived here, we definitely lose sight of all the other basic challenges that we don't like running water is not an issue for most Americans, a majority of Americans, but you go to a country like Somalia, running water is a really big deal. Like, cause they have s severe droughts that leave them without water. Like they have to get water from like the UN. They have to get somebody to bring it in. So there's like just basic stuff like that. I think we all forget about it. And it's, you know, you, you get lost in all the TV shows and the advertisements, and marketing, and social media and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why so many people want to be here. And there's a reason why so many of us are here, remain to be here. And that, you know, I think that's, that's something to like about America. I feel you, man. Uh, I think in the beginning of quarantine, for some reason, I was just curious if I could make my money stretch in other places in the world. Um, but every time I, you know, try to do some research or ask some folks, it's always like, why do you want to leave? Like <laughs> everybody, everybody's trying to get there, <laughs> like the rest of the world is trying to get in and you want to go. That I mean, that's that's a lot of my privilege, I guess. And, uh, you know, it just made me realize how much more appreciative I need to be where where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, for sure. And uh, I think, oh, you, you mentioned the America's not doing so great or it would be hard to <laughs> hard to be proud. But I think, I think it's just the whole world right now, to be honest. Like, I think the priorities are of our social climate and culture and stuff is uh, not out of whack. But I think the people in power aren't the best people to be there. Uh, and yeah, I... I I'm not political at all. I don't know what I'm talking about when I say these things, but I just feel like there's a better way. <laughs> and that's all I can really say about it. 
You guys I think, think most I think most everybody from both sides would probably agree that yeah, there's <laughs> there's definitely a better way, and the people that are running things are not doing the best job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. It's funny because, you know, like I said, my experience in different jobs, I think there's always that consensus sometimes between the workers and the management where the workers are like, management doesn't understand this and management is like, well, our workers don't understand this. And so it's like both sides are kind of stressed out <laughs> for, for no reason because there's no communication. But yeah, I don't know what the answers are, but hopefully, hopefully this next generation figures it out. Um, yeah like just a, 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 a another question um how do you feel about this upcoming generation because we're we're i believe we're part of the both we're both millennials uh and yeah. what do you see that's different with this upcoming generation yeah i'm a millennial i don't feel like i mean even my sister's technically a millennial she's like right at the top end of the cutoff but i i don't i think that phrase got the term at least got used incorrectly by a lot of the media where they were really wanted the next generation down, you know, instead, you know, I, we're the last generation that like we grew up, you know, I grew up with the wall phone, like cell phones weren't just a thing, like cell phones didn't even happen until like end of middle school, like seventh, eighth grade was kind of when cell phones, personal cell phones kind of really started to, to come out. So with the next generation, I, I mean, you know, they are very focused about equality, which is great. You know, the income gap, all that stuff, but they also need to toughen up a little bit. Uh, they're, they're kind of soft on some aspects too, where, you know, yes, we want life to be fair as fair as possible, but sometimes just it's not fair and there's like cruel twists of fate and you just kind of have to roll with it and suck it up and you know that hopefully those are just the minor things that you have to do that to not big things like like uh you know like i said income inequality or, or racism or anything like that but but there are times in life where it's like you just got to eat this one and it sucks and that's just kind of like it's you're not going to have this you know cupcake ride of a life like there's going to be some bumps in the road so strap in because nobody's had a perfect life yet yeah man I, I i hear you um and i live in i live in california where we're pretty we're pretty liberal and <laughs> pretty blue out here um and seeing the kids kind of I, I grew up with the messaging that you know that i'm special and I'm meant for for great things, and you know that um, I got the partic participation trophies growing up too. And yeah, I feel like these kids now, I, I can see their energy being being there, being cultivated. But um, if you're told you're always right, you know you're never gonna know when you're wrong. Um, so I think that's kind of the dilemma that we're having out here in California, at least. Uh, but hopefully there, they'll be more open to talking it out than just mm -hmm. using emotions and aggression to to get it out there. But um, yeah. anything to add? Uh, I would say, you know, if you're looking at, God, this is going to be a weird comparison, but if you're looking at people to to role model yourself after, you know, if you look at somebody like, um, 
like Michael Jordan, right? We'll, we'll use him for example, or even Kobe Bryant. It's kind of the same thing. They, to get where they were at the height of their fame, at the height of their athletic abilities, all that stuff, that was all they did. That was their singular focus was just, I'm going to focus on basketball. Nothing else matters. So I think everybody has to kind of remember, like, we all want to be great at what we do or what we're passionate about, but to get there, to get to the very top of the pyramid, you kind of have to be almost like a obsessive kind of crazy person to get there. So you have to weigh the pros and cons of, is it worth it? Is it not? But also how does that affect other people that you encounter too as well? Like, are you okay with not having, you know, relationships or, or a close circle of friends because you want to be the greatest at whatever it is that you do. And, and I don't think like the, the younger generation understands that. I, I don't think they kind of, and maybe they will realize that with time, but I think right now they don't get it. I think they, they're like, Oh, this didn't come easy to me. So whatever, I'm gonna go do something else. Whereas if this is the thing that you actually like really care about, like you have to put in so much time and so much energy, way more than you ever think you're going, even with, you know, this podcast and it's, it's something that I love to do, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And oh, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no, the only payoff is like, you know, my happiness and, and helping other people and, and giving other people a platform and hopefully whoever listens to it, they learn one thing or get value in some way of whether it's, you know, entertainment or or knowledge or, you know, helps get them through the day or, or make, make some explore or something, you know, that they didn't know about or, or in themselves or outside of themselves or whatever. But, you know, it's stuff like that. Like it's, things are a lot of work and you're going to put in a lot of work and a lot of stuff that you don't want to do. So hopefully you figure out what you do want to do and put a lot of work in there, but it's not as, you know, it's not going to be this easy thing that just going to, Oh yeah today i did this and now i'm a million like that's not how it works <laughs> oh yeah no not for for the majority of people out there that's not how it works and uh no yeah and what you just described is exactly what i kind of went through and uh you know i had to really realize what i cared about which you know when i turned 30 that's that's when it kind of that 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 flipped the switch for me i guess so to speak uh, but yeah, now I kind of know what I care about and what I want to focus my life on. Finding that focus was, was huge. Um, but yeah, cause you talked about Kobe and Michael. Yeah. Those are a couple guys who gave up their childhoods, you know, gave up so many experiences, made so many sacrifices where I lived a pretty average norm, normal, uh, high school experience where I had friends I went to the parties and all that. Uh, so it makes sense why I'm not the greatest basketball player in the world. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hear you, man. My second to last question for you is, uh, what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions? What are you passionate about? Not what you do, not what your job is. What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? How would you uh, answer that question for yourself? I would say travel, food, podcasting, um, and experiences. Like just living life, exploring, seeing different things. You know, the I think probably kind of the dream of mine is always to one day be able to get like um, 
not even necessarily you know like a small rv or something and just you know i can still have a day job or whatever work remote but just go see stuff you know even being in a city traveling to another city by an airplane you only have so much time in that city but like just really like moving around and being in you know a city or a location for a couple of weeks and getting kind of the full experience of it and seeing all the different there's so much stuff to see like even across the world like other halfway around the world like in asia it's just completely different you know if you've never been get on a plane go it's it'll be a transcendent experience for you so you know figure out stuff like that like that's that's what i'm passionate about for sure man no, th- thank you for sharing uh, and my, my last question for you, the, the question that ties every podcast together, uh, 500 years from now, our descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell them? That we weren't all giant fuck ups. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. <laughs> It'll be, I'm curious to see how this time in history is going to be written and when, when it's all said and done. Uh, you know what? What age are we in? What period are we in? That <laughs> reflecting back, uh, yeah. So spun out of control and lost its mind for a few years. Period. Apparently, I mean, you know, just thinking of American history, right? It's uh, we're still relatively new compared to the rest of the world. At least, mm-hmm. you know what what they have written down or the the different um, evidence that we have of our our age of our civilization uh so yeah i guess we're still figuring it out as a as a young country as a young um young civilization (laughs) uh so yeah we'll see where we we go i i think i don't know how if you feel the same way but uh i feel like we're in the beginning of some kind of renaissance or reawakening of, of something um would you how do you feel about it would you agree or am i being crazy (laughs) no i mean it it definitely has i think the markings for that it's just it's it's different because now there's so many other distractions that it kind of makes me wonder like do we have what it takes to actually execute it you know back in the old like you know i can't imagine them you know winning the revolutionary war if they were you know on twitter for half the day you know what i mean like there was no distractions back then back then it was you know farming in the fields and then it was like oh wait they want to take 17 percent of my profits because it's a tax like that's not cool and that was it like it was singular focus you know and that's why we're able to do so many great things and build so many you know big structures and all these massive businesses and you know world war ii like could we even do world war ii now like the amount of manpower that went into you know building all the tanks and the airplanes and, and moving people around like i mean technologically we're way more advanced but i did it's tough to tell if we still have like the drive necessary to kind of complete some of these big things that will you know turn the world over on its head yeah you make a good point uh I was so optimistic until you reminded me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, any last things you want to add before we head out of here? Uh, no, I mean, appreciate you having me on. It's a lot of fun. I always enjoy, you know, going on other people's podcasts and connecting with them and, and supporting them uh, any way that I can, just because I know how difficult it can be to get people on your podcast when you know especially if depending on how narrow your focus is it can make it even more difficult so 
um, just been real thankful to connect with everybody they have in the community and and it's cool to you know discover new podcasts and new shows and support new people and love the show keep doing what you're doing thank you ray thank you um yeah thank you for coming on sharing your story um yeah you know i want to apologize i don't think you got my my a game for some reason the words were just they were hard to come out of my mouth today but uh yeah thank you for sticking with me uh you know being patient and just rolling with it Uh, that's what we do appreciate it want to thank all the folks out there if you're tuning in on spotify or apple music or you know even on youtube if you liked it please like it if you loved it subscribe and share uh remember to reach out reach forward as always much love and we'll catch you guys next time on 34 questions peace let's uh roll credits um but yeah man <laughs> just uh wanted to thank you again for stopping by like i said i feel bad you you didn't get my a game but um any feedback no, you okay. had for me uh you know through the whole process your experience as a guest no i mean it, it's cool i mean you have it all well together i know you can look up the questions beforehand if you want i didn't but um but yeah that's that's it's it's all spelled out i mean it's all it's all well done man i don't I'm just figuring it out as I go, man. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I've learned so much with just like, like from starting just how to even, how to even record audio. Like, I mean, I didn't really know how to do that. Like how to, you know, set up a microphone in your computer and record and how to edit audio. Like I learned so much from YouTube, just figuring it out as I go. And, and it gets, you know, you learn more and you get better and better at it. And it's just, but there's, it can be overwhelming at first, you know, with all the different technology and stuff like that. But once you kind of get into it, then you're like, oh yeah, it's not, it wasn't as challenging as I thought. It was just because it was new and you kind of forget that feeling because you wind up just doing the same thing every day. So it kind of feels like that. So when you start doing something new, it's just like, whoa, what is it like? Can I even learn this? And then you figure it out and you're like, oh yeah, it wasn't so bad. But yeah. it's just a weird feeling that you don't have anymore because you're not like in school and stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's just real life learning. Uh, I think.